Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. This show is heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it is replayed on Thursday, 7, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, WBCQ The Planet. You can also pick up the show on Podomatic, podomatic.com. Just punch in Camp Constitution, and not only will you be able to get this show, but many of our shows over the last few years, plus some other um, uh, uh, recordings. We just uploaded an interview that Lord Moncton and I did on a radio station in Connecticut, Lori on Liberty Show, and that's getting a lot of interest. Um, you can also uh, visit our YouTube channel where you can see the radio shows that we convert to YouTube video. And also, ipmnation.org, every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. That's a Concord, New Hampshire-based online 24-hour uh, video news, etc. And we thank the folks there for making that happen. And anyone else would like to uh, put this show out there, you're welcome to it. Just give us a, give us a shout-out. Let us know what you're doing uh, so we can promote it. Uh, <clears throat> And the show is brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp. And I'm going to be talking about the camp that just ended last week, actually, um, you know, last Saturday, um, August. It ran from August 5th to the 11th in, uh, at the Lakeside Christian Camp and Conference Center in beautiful Pittsfield, Massachusetts. So, uh, anyway, this was the first time we've we this was the first time we've used this venue. And uh, everyone, uh, some of the people that were used to Toa Nippy the first day or two didn't quite like it, but they got very used to it. It's always been my opinion that uh, it's the people that make the camp. As, and uh, it's a beautiful venue. It's probably a, not as up to date with some things as Toa Nippy, but the scenery is much prettier. And uh, we have some, some of the things are closer so uh, within a short time, people said, yeah, let's let's do it. And we're going to be returning to uh, Lakeside in Pittsfield. We haven't got the dates, but it will be either the last week in July going into August or the first week in August, just the same same week as this year. And I have to say that this was the largest turnout we've had in our 10 camp history, which uh, is which is encouraging mainly because uh, because we changed the venue and the dates where the camp was held in New Hampshire earlier in July. And usually when you get into August, you run into a lot more um, conflicts. But we had uh, we had well over 100 people uh, either there for the whole week or there for a few days or came for teacher class or sat in a class, what have you. And all of the classes, the, uh, the, you know, the adult level type classes, adult high school level were videotaped and are available on our YouTube channel. There's a few other things that we haven't put up there yet. One was a, uh, a clown show by Spunky the Clown. They did an incredible job entertaining the younger people. And an interview I did with a historian at the uh, Battle of Bennington Monument in uh, Bennington, Vermont. That I'm looking for that disc. It was misplaced, but we'll get our hands on it and we'll upload those. 
But uh, <clears throat> we had um, a, an incredible array of speakers, instructors, including uh, Lord Christopher Monckton. He came from the UK just to be at camp, although we did have him speak at other venues. We were able to have other organizations host him or interview him, radio show interview, as I mentioned earlier. And then he did a cable TV interview and a couple of uh, Tea Party groups sponsored him in Massachusetts. So we, he really uh, did a great job and he loved the camp. He wants to come back next year. He did two classes and then he participated in a sort of a radio uh, interview that we that was done right at the camp itself uh, with Mrs. Chris Ann Hall. He gave a class on the U.S. Constitution, almost from a from a European or from an English perspective, which I thought was interesting. And then uh, he gave one on the climate change issue, and he gave us a really uh, really an assignment. Um, he co-authored a paper, or totally refuting climate change, global warming, uh, going back 150 years, uh, with Willie Soon and uh, James Morrison, and I think some others. And the uh, the UN entity, the IPCC, the National Planetary Climate Control, whatever the heck it is, they refuse to review it. And uh, this entity is based in Switzerland. So he's asking people to uh, contact the Swiss ambassador here in the United States. So, of course, wherever country you may be in. And I have all the information. If you'd like to be part of this project, it should be a fun project to, uh, you know, to actually get this stuff, um, hold these people accountable. I don't know the last time someone contacted a Swiss ambassador. Doesn't usually happen very often, unless you're from Switzerland or traveling to Switzerland, but this is a, a different issue. But what they've done is illegal, and uh, the Swiss government should investigate. So I have a copy of the paper uh, in a PDF, as well as the the contact information for the Swiss uh, ambassador and other people that should be involved. So if you want to just contact me through our our um, website, campconstitution.net, or our Facebook page, you can do that, and I'll be able to get that stuff off to you as promptly as possible. Uh, Professor Willie Soon. Uh, returned. Uh, he came last year. He was with his family. He brought his family back. His mother-in-law was there as well. And uh, he did a couple of great classes and uh, he really enjoyed the camp. He's just so excited about it. And uh, he had a lot of fun. There. It was good to see uh, good to see people uh, be able to you know have a good time while doing something as important as we're doing. Uh, Barbara from Harlem, who was a guest uh, a few weeks ago, a month ago on the show. We were able to kind of squeeze her in. Uh, she wasn't part of the regular on the curriculum, but she gave a 10-minute presentation that was very inspiring. She's quite a lady, and we got that's up on our YouTube channel. Then we had um, John McManus, the president emeritus of the John Birch Society, gave a class on what is money and also uh, why we need to get out of the UN. And he's an author of numerous books. We had some of the books available there. And <clears throat> Dr. Duke Pesta of the Freedom Project Education uh, uh, online K to 12 classic education and Duke, Dr. Duke's uh, probably the top expert on the evils of Common Core, perhaps in the world, uh, definitely in the United States. And he gave two classes, and he only came in for he got in late, like two in the morning, taught a class in the morning, and he taught a, uh, an optional class and had to leave. So hopefully next year we'll get him for the whole week and have him do uh, you know a class every day. But uh, he gave a class on. The cult, really the culture war and why we're losing and how to win it, and also a, a really interesting talk on or class on C.S. Lewis, the great Christian apologist. And that's, again, all these things are available on our YouTube channel. 
Camp Constitution. Uh, Mrs. Chris Ann Hall came with her family, her husband and son, Colton, and she gave two classes, uh, two of them that were actually, I think she gave three classes, plus a panel discussion with Dave Kopatz, and she gave a couple of brand new classes introduced for the first time. So we're sort of her uh, test test project, and and went very well. And this is uh, her, I think, third or fourth time at Camp, at least her third time at Camp Constitution. So we love having her. She's very inspirational. Uh, does a great job. The kids and the and the campers love her. And uh, we had a lot of other uh, instructors um, came in for a class. Uh, Earl Wallace, Pastor Earl Wallace, gave a class on um, the biblical basis of the Bill of Rights and America's Christian heritage. He talked a lot about the, the Great Revival and what that led to the, uh, probably without the Great Revival that happened um, in the uh, 1700s prior to the Revolutionary War. The uh, men who uh, men and women who stood up against the King George III were definitely um, had the moral courage, something that that could not have happened had they not had the strong Christian convictions that most of them did. Um, so again, we, it was a phenomenal time. We had a, a number of, um, we have what we call a junior camp where we have youngsters from five to 11. And unfortunately we didn't videotape um, the classes except for one show, which we're hoping to get up pretty soon. We did uh, do a few live um, Facebook videos. So if you go to our Facebook page, you'll see them. Uh, Bonnie Wilder, who's a daughter of the American Revolution, and of course Edith Kraft, who is the one that leads the program. We had about 20 youngsters, and uh, we thought it was great. The young people really enjoying learning history, dressing up in colonial costumes, and learning about the you know, the various characters, learning about the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, what the Bill of Rights, and uh, you know our Christian heritage. And they just had a wonderful time. The parents were all excited and. This year we had a lot of families, and we like it's a family camp. So, in some cases, the families will have their own room, mom, dad, and the children. In some cases, mom, dad might have their own room, and the children are in the in the with a counselor. But it, however, it works out. It was a, it's a great formula. We took a, a, an optional hike up um, Mount Greylock. Now that's a pretty good hike for, uh, but we we did a shorter version, like a two and a half three miles. And then uh, drove down from the top, and the top is a beautiful panoramic view. Um, you get a, 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 a there's a veterans monument on the very top, and so uh, the kids, the campers really enjoyed it. And then uh, Wednesday we took a field trip to uh, the Battle of Bennington. Oh, oh, I want to mention another instructor all the way from California, Debbie Bacha Kalupi, who's been a guest on the show, an expert on Agenda 21. So really, really excited that she was able to come out, and she. She enjoyed herself, and we had a, a gentleman from California uh, that drove out to our camp, and he wanted to see how we run our camp because he wants to replicate the camp in California and or and or Colorado. And I think there's two ways. We of course one of our goals was to expand our camp program and have other week long camps. <clears throat> the challenge is is to have some boots on the ground right nearby to promote it because you really have to promote it year round. You can't just set a date, sign a contract, set on a few emails and hope for the best. And I think we kind of learned that with our little weekend camp up in Maine that's scheduled for the middle of September. Um, on the other hand, if uh, people would like to, hey, we'll start our own camp 
Now, uh, we, talked, uh, we can talk about franchising, uh, or we can uh, simply be there. Here's our program. Uh, here's, here's our daily schedule. These are the, this is the sort of the worldview where we are a Christian-centered camp, but we're not theologically centered, so we're not sponsored by a particular church or a denomination. We want to be able to think people of goodwill who love our country from various denominations can feel comfortable while you're while you be a Catholic or a Baptist or Seventh Day Adventist and what have you, that they can participate in our camp and uh, you know and be comfortable about it. And we're very strict about uh, in local parentis, and we tell uh, our staff that uh, if you if you come come in a Baptist, your child leaves as a Baptist, uh, but a much more informed one. If you come in as a Catholic, you leave as a Catholic, and a much more informed one, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so that's uh, I know it's, we, that's one of the potential problems that any camp might have of this nature, and we just have to be you know, kind of on guard for that. On the other hand, if a, if a Baptist church wants to adopt our program, and you know that's fine. This is the guidelines, and this is what we recommend. Uh, we do get support from many, uh, you know, many churches in the area. People send their campers, and we get a family from our church that participates. And so, um, in fact, uh, the camp, uh, the the man who runs the uh, Lakeside Camp, it's a Baptist affiliate, and he said that they used to have a family camp, but they were their attendance was getting lower. So he said he will do what we can to help our camp program. So uh, you know, from a Baptist point of view. He's quite. He he observed us all week long, and uh, he said we're very low maintenance, and uh, sees that there's no conflict with, uh, you know, with what he believes. And you know, we have conservative Catholics will come, and uh, they'll have the same perspective. So, uh, <clears throat> we would love for people uh, around the country who would want to do something like this. We will, you know, speak to you, talk to you about what needs to be done, either under our umbrella or uh, set up your own camp, and we will be there with. We can be there with a few counselors and some staff to help you help you get it going and get people out and set up the agenda, even if it's a, it doesn't have to be a week-long camp. Although I think it's a special for me when you have a week-long camp, you get plenty of time to bond with people, make new friends, and um, that's really the big part of it, too. It's not just sitting there learning stuff, but also making friendships for life and making connections. And that's something you can't put a price tag on. Uh, and we, we always uh, keep our prices low we are a charitable trust so uh, we make available we sometimes will tell families pay what you can afford we'll cover the difference and thank god we've been able to do that so far in our uh, 10 10 year history oh, almost 10 years 10 camp history anyway so uh, yeah so getting back to the camp on um, let's see well i'm going to talk a little bit about the christian flag issue because we had a hearing date thursday at camp i'll um Anyway, Friday uh, we had a lot of fun with a lot of well, we do a lot of recreational activities at our camp too, uh, wiffle ball, wiffle ball, and basketball tournaments and chess tournaments. And there's a game called Gaga, which the young people really like. Um, I'm not sure. I see them play it. I can't quite show what the uh, what the objective is, but they're laughing and have a lot of fun. And it's just a little ball bouncing around in a in an octagon, and uh, it keeps them busy. And they have tournaments on that. And of course, we have um, daily run and an optional run and a swim in the morning, and uh, plenty of time in the afternoon to swim and uh, just or just lie lie out in the sun and uh, enjoy the beautiful weather there. So, uh, 
<clears throat> so last Thursday, this would have been August, uh, well, actually August 9th, two Thursdays ago, uh, we had a hearing on the Christian flag controversy. Some of you who are regular listeners might remember back last year, 2017, it was July, early August, I applied for a permit to raise the Christian flag. And the Christian flag is nothing more than a white field and uh, the, the top left, um, I forget what you call that part. Anyway, it was blue and the cross is red. And that flag actually doesn't go back that far. It goes back to the 1890s, early 1900s, Coney Island. Um, it was a, uh, man, a couple of men collaborated to make this. And it's uh, non-denominational. There's no copyright on it. So uh, I know a lot of denominations have their own flag. But this flag you might see in Baptist churches or other churches. And the goal was to raise the flag. City Hall in Boston has a what you call a public access flagpole. And five years ago, we raised the Gadsden flag without any difficulty. Uh, but this year, uh, we were going to raise the Christian flag. And the purpose of it was to uh, have a little ceremony where we would discuss the Christian contributions to the city of Boston. Uh, of course, we were going to do it in concert with Constitution Day and also um, the need for Christians to be part of the solving the race problem or racial reconciliation. If the church doesn't do it, who will? Because let's face it, it's all spiritual. The spirit of hatred uh, is spiritual and um, it needs to be addressed by the church. And I'm not saying this wishy-washy smash or this smash racism stuff just going to appeal to people and uh, and unite people. And that's what Christianity does. In fact, uh, it's always been that way. Christianity is one of the most diverse. You've got people from every conceivable race and background that are Christians. And uh, that's the, that's what needs to be known. Anyway, uh, I was denied, we were denied the permit based on the separation of church and state. And when I sent out a news release to... Um, a local news release to just the media in the greater Boston area. A friend contacted me and suggested I get a hold of Liberty Council. And Liberty Council is a legal entity that, uh, based on Florida, it has an office in uh, in Virginia, right? in fact, right in the uh, Liberty University, where one of my girls would be going. And they got a hold of me within, um, I contacted them by on their website, sent them a message, and I think they called me within definitely within a day, probably within about 12 hours. And they liked the case and they took the case pro bono. They sent out a news release to their media contacts around the country and it made WorldNet Daily, it made AOL, American Online, it made uh, 50 or 60 outlets. We were interviewed by a couple of radio stations, uh, front page of the Boston Herald uh, back in, it would have been back in September. Um, and a demand letter was sent to the city, basically saying that we need to be able to raise the flag, and the city's website has to define the flag like they define other flags. You see, the city of Boston has no trouble with um, the rainbow flag, the transgender flag, the flag of Cuba, the flag of China, the flag of the Dominican Republic, the flag of Portugal, and other flags, but our flag um, was unconstitutional. Uh, it's the same city that wants to, that has sanctuary, that's a sanctuary city, and its mayor said that if Roe versus Wade has overturned the abortion decision, that Boston will be a sanctuary city for abortions, et cetera. So it just uh, shows you that they're very selective when it comes to obeying the Constitution. In fact, the idea of separation of church and state is ludicrous. 
That's not in the Constitution. And there's no way that a raising a flag with a cross on it is going to indicate that the city of Boston has now become a Christian city and the city is acknowledging Christianity as its, as its official religion. We all know that the official religion of the city of Boston is humanism, atheism, humanism uh, that promotes abortion, homosexuality, gender 21, and all the other things that humanists promote. Uh, and it's kind of ludicrous to suggest that if that flag is spot on that flagpole, oh my goodness, um, um, we're going to have the Attorney General uh, Jeff Sessions are going to personally fly out on Air Force One and arrest Mayor Walsh for allowing that flag to fly. No, it's not going to happen. But the thing is, the the, the kept mayor and the, the city council, they are simply bowing to the majority of the city. Today, it's uh, secular. You know, we're kind of outnumbered five to one. Militant left runs the city and uh, live in the city. And they think that's what they're catering to. Although it's interesting that college uh, newspaper, Boston BU Press, went out in the street uh, when this story broke back in September, asking people on the street, the average student, what do you think about this? And they said, eh, who cares? Let them fly the flag. What's the big deal? And that's sort of uh, probably most people, but uh, but not here in Boston, not this, not the mayor of Boston and the city council. They, uh, well, It's interesting, too, they're... They're uh, always trying to be on the outside, you know, the city of Boston, bucking the trend. And I didn't get one elected official, didn't have the guts to contact me, not one. Um, no, uh, the, the lady that I went through to get the try to get the permit did say to me that this isn't over, knowing that she couldn't understand why we couldn't get the permit. And uh, But there is a the culture there is the culture of fear. You're not allowed to express your views if they're not in concert with the uh, the official city position. So anyway, a hearing was held. Or the lawsuit was formally filed uh, in uh, early July of this year, July 7th or 8th. And uh, we had a hearing, and the hearing was basically asking for an injunction by the federal judge who um, and our, our attorney, Roger Bannum, did a great job of making the case, uh, cited a few uh, precedents, not dealing with flags specifically. But I don't think there's any case like this that has um, dealt with a flag. Um, the city attorney, uh, it was two, and it was a man who did most of all the speaking. He uh, didn't do such a good job. He actually, uh, in, in an offhand way, admitted that the city has, the speech has to be approved of by the city. Now, he did say that we could get a permit and bring flags with us and have whatever, but we just couldn't fly one. Uh, but because that, that flag represents speech and it's not speech approved by the city or something like that. But he's saying that the city approves of the speech of communist China, the speech of communist Cuba, the speech of the militant homosexuals who celebrate the riot in Stonewall at a barroom in New York City with their rainbow flag and the transgender people. Uh, and incidentally, it's illegal in Massachusetts to fly a flag on city, state, municipal property unless that person, uh, unless there's an official visitor from that country and the, the governor has to have some resolution. But they, you know, these, these are the kinds of things you can, maybe the law, laws, laws are on the books, but if they don't enforce them, what's the point? And when you have a law that you don't enforce, it kind of looks like, uh, you know, we selectively choose what law, what laws to enforce and what not to enforce, and this law or, or whom to enforce it against. You know, we will enforce it against you, but not against this group. You know, very slightly, and that's that leads to um, 
that leads to turmoil. <laughs> Eventually, anarchy. If uh, if people can just selectively, I mean, there are some bad laws on the books. If the flag law in Massachusetts is a bad law, let's repeal it. You know, it was put there for a reason. Uh, it was passed by the, you know, the House and Senate and signed by the governor at some point. I don't know when. And if it's a bad law, let's repeal it. But uh, until we repeal it, it's on the books. Um, anyway, so we hope we haven't heard back as of uh, as I'm recording this. A few days before it airs, I haven't heard, but we're ex- we're very excited. We actually think that uh, it's going to generate a lot of interest. Uh, what we probably would have had just a handful of people at our little gathering, you know, a dozen, maybe a couple of dozen, and um, I think because and the average person would even give the flag a second notice. They would walk by and not even give it a second thought. If I said that the this flag was the official camp constitution flag, which we could have said. It would have been an issue. They wouldn't say, oh, okay, here's the flag. No, they, they don't know what it means. And what's ironic, too, is that the city of Boston, uh, their official flag, and our attorney brought this out, has a verse from the Bible. And that's also the official on the city seal, the same it's a, a verse from uh, First Kings chapter 5. It's in Latin, so, of course, the average person can't read it. But it says something like, may God favor us as he favored our forefathers. And you can walk through Boston's Common and Boston Public Garden and see all kinds of Christian references, quotes from the Bible, uh, and um, things of that nature. So we have a very rich Christian history. And, but, of course, uh, today it's now a secular humanist uh, stronghold. But that doesn't mean we will not, you know, we will get have our say and we're going to take a stand. And I think if more Christians did this, I think... We would win this culture war. We wouldn't be losing almost by default that somehow we can't express our views. You can express your views if you're a militant leftist all you want. You can, um, but but if you want a job and if you're a Christian or a conservative, uh, uh, Jewish conservative or what have you, you're not. You're not. You better be careful or you might be fired. You know, like this poor baker in Cal- in Colorado. After he uh, won the Supreme Court case, U.S. Supreme Court ruled in his favor against uh, making a cake for a homosexual. Now it's a transgender in the state of Colorado, being as a vicious, secular, humanist state, cannot tolerate the idea of a baker who's a Christian that uh, serves the public. But it's time, you know, like I say it's time to push back, and I don't mean push back in a violent way. We can speak up. We can. Uh, and lawsuits are not good things necessarily. They can be very expensive and timely, time-consuming, but the law's there for us too. And you know, biblically, we're not supposed to sue each other. We're not supposed to sue Christians. And in fact, all we're looking for is to raise the flag. We're not looking for any monetary uh, damages. And that's usually, uh, if the city loses, they have to pay the Liberty Council's fees, which uh, which I think is the very least they should do. Um, so again, we're not looking for a million-dollar settlement here. Uh, we just want to be able to uh, exercise the same right that uh, left-wing groups have in the city of Boston and in other parts of the country as well. So uh, we'll stay tuned for this. You can learn more. Just visit our website. If you go to Liberty Council's website, uh, just punch in Liberty Council and it'll come up. it should come up. I think it's lc, lc.org. Um, they'll, they'll, and for us, they have a lot of other, they're doing a lot of other things. They're phenomenal groups, not a, not a huge organization. And they rely, of course, on donations to be able to, um, defend people. And they, they do a great job. So we encourage them, encourage you to uh, check them out too. 
Um, before you get a couple more, couple of minutes before the show ends, I just want to mention um, we have on our website we have our our calendar. It's a little drop down. It says camp items, and then uh, you see the calendar. We should put it on the front, or it should be a prominent. But you'll see that there's activity on a regular basis, um, whether it be speaking at an event or having an information table at some venue or uh, in our own speakers bureau. We have a regular speakers bureau. We we hope that uh, we'd like to get our people out as much as we can. In some cases, we will sponsor the event. Now, the, uh, the, the end of August, I'll be up in Maine. In fact, I'll be going through a Monticello. Hopefully, I'll get a chance to uh, sit down with Alan for breakfast or lunch, uh, the owner of this fine station. Um, but I'll be giving some presentations on the deep state. Uh, it's interesting, too, the deep state, that term is accepted. Uh, but if you said the New World Order 10 to 15, 20 years ago, you would call a conspiracy theorist. But it's okay to say the deep state. So same thing, same entity. And I'll be giving presentations, let's see, in Waldeboro, Maine on August uh, 31st or 30th, a Thursday at noontime. And all this information is up on our website. So um, if you're interested, and I'd spend another half hour telling you about all the specifics and the places. But anyway, uh, Thursday, uh, the 30th, I'll be in um, Waldeboro at noontime in Lincoln, Maine, which is uh, about 45 miles or 50 miles north of Bangor. I'll be in the evening giving a presentation, and then Friday night in Holton at a Chinese restaurant, a meeting room in a restaurant there, Tang's 60 Means, 60 North Street, which is Route 1. And then Saturday, uh, that would be September 1st, starting at 9 o'clock at the Press Style Recreation Center, I'll give a presentation on the deep state, and then uh, Phil Merletti, my friend there and colleague, uh, whom I'll be staying at his home for a night, He'll be giving one entitled uh, The Maine Constitution and Oathkeeping, and then I'll return with a talk on the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution. And then uh, Sunday, after uh, Sunday on September 2nd, um, let's see, 6.30, I'll be at the First Parish Congregational Church in Lebanon, uh, Maine, talking about uh, what is Camp Constitution, because we have some folks here. So anyway, you've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. And until next week, may God richly bless you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.